Welcome back to Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Chuck, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Ate a lot, relaxed, kids were home. It was fantastic. How about you? Nice. I, I We did a double Thanksgiving. My daughter was home for one part of it. And then my son and daughter-in-law were in Aruba for Thanksgiving. So they came back and we did a second Thanksgiving. And don't so, you have some news as far as that's concerned? I do. I'm going to be a grandma. My, they're having a baby boy in May. God, you're old. I am so freaking old, aren't I, though? Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, I can't wait to see you in grandma mode. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm not going to be a typical grandma. What do you think? I'm probably not. Probably. <laughs> and that's that's a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not for the grandkid, but overall, yes. A good you know thing. what? My my mom was one of the most amazing grandmothers to my children, and my grandmother I couldn't have been closer to. So I can be if I can be like half the grandma to my grandson that they were to me, then I'm gonna be, be okay. Right. Yep. Yep. All right. Definitely. Good deal. Yeah, very good. So we have a very, very full week. The next few weeks are coming up with tons of movies because this is this is our time of year. This is our season. This is movie season. This is award season. Yep. And uh, we're going to tackle three this week, I think. Three that we both, I think, have a lot to say about. Uh, so why don't you kick it off? Pick one of those three. But you're right. This is the time of year that we look forward to it where, you know, it's it's fun. It is. You know, we, we didn't get a chance to chew on the menu. So let's go ahead and, and digest that a little bit. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at that. that how many is, more How many more references are you going to make? Okay, we're uh, chewing least, and we're digesting. <laughs> at least 30. Okay. Um, this was an unexpected treasure. When I first saw, and, and I do judge based on, on the poster, I am sure that a lot of other people will take a look at a poster and say yay or nay just based on that. Uh, I thought this was going to be another cannibal movie. And in all honesty, I don't think we ever needed a cannibalistic movie, but I don't like them. And I didn't want to see it. Um, thanks to you, Chuck. I listened mm -hmm. to you. Damn it. And you were absolutely right. This was well worth seeing a little dark. There's one aspect to it I did not like at all. Mm -hmm. But overall, this is going to make my top 10 list, I think. The menu stars Ralph Fiennes, or Ray Fiennes, excuse me. <laughs> I still call him Ralph. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt. Ray Fiennes um, plays a chef of a very, very high-end restaurant, Chef Slawick. And it takes place, um, it's called The Hawthorns. And it takes place on this remote island where people are are boated in by tender to attend these fancy schmancy uh, dinner uh, soirees, I want to call them. Um, it is very, very expensive. Uh, what was it? $1,200 per head? $1,200 to eat there. Yeah. But it's going to be a four hour meal. It is. It is. It's a 10 course meal. And boy, oh boy, do they get some interesting courses all in all, this boils down to the elite versus the working class and how unaware and out of tune the elite are with those who serve them. People in the service industry, people who are our waiters and provide other services to those that can, can afford to do so. Um, this is a dark, dark, twisted movie with so many 
unexpected, just very darkly funny aspects to it as they are served one of their first courses of a rock <laughs> with an oyster. Was there even an oyster? I think there was one oyster on there. I think there was and, two, and then there was like row around it, I think. Some yeah, sort of and, 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 yeah, and a lot of decoration and a lot of of references to the environment and how we are depleting it. This had so many social statements to it. It was tough to keep track of it all, but it never overshadowed the, the entire message of the film and the entertainment value of the film as they were served course after course. As we got to know the characters, Anya Taylor-Joy played Margot. She was the substitute date that uh, Nicholas Holt's character, Tyler, brought in. And immediately Elsa, who is the chef's right-hand woman, um, realizes that Marco is not supposed to be there. And they are very concerned about it. She tips her hand just ever so slightly so that we are aware of everything that Margo is doing. And she doesn't quite fit in. And we find out later why. We've got John Leguizimo, who plays this has-been movie star who is hell-bent on making sure everybody knows who he was and who he mm -hmm. still wants to be. Um, I really love the socialites, um, Judith Light and her husband, who have a lot of issues. And we have Janet McAteer, who plays Lillian, and she has her sycophant Ted with him, with her. Um, she is a food critic, and it couldn't have been any more precisely perfect as they were served their dishes. Um, loved it. I did not like there was one aspect to this film, as I alluded to before, that there is a suicide in the movie. And um, I didn't need to see that. That was just too graphic. It wasn't necessary. And that took me out of the film momentarily. Um, it did write its, it got back on track for me. And I was able to see what the purpose of the film was as these guests one by one realized that this is not for their entertainment. Chuck, mm -hmm. what did you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really liked it too, because it's so smart. And it had just enough surprises in it. The, the Anya Taylor-Joy character and the chef have a connection that you don't see coming, but because of their backgrounds and the more we learn about him, I loved that. Um, and then the ending, of course, in which she realizes this connection and is able to use it to her advantage, I thought was was just just brilliant. And as I was sitting here listening to you talk, you know, it occurred to me that there's a similarity in this film uh, to Tar as far as um, this artist who is at the upper echelon and the past that they are trying to forget and how our criticism of Tar was that uh -huh. it did not delve enough into the past of that character. Right. Here, we don't get much more information, but it works. It works just as well because we have just enough information about his past to explain why he's doing what he's doing. And it, and it worked wonderfully. Uh, not to all tastes, obviously, but uh, this one was a major surprise and it'll probably be on my top 10 list too. Uh, you know, going back to the background of those two characters from Tar to the chef, we got information about the chef earlier on. That was one of my biggest complaints about Tar is that we didn't get that information early enough to make us care and understand 
who she was. I think with this movie, we get that information. We get little sprinkles, little glimpses of yep. who he was as his mother is sitting drunk in the corner, drinking <laughs> her Chablis. Um, <laughs> um, we understand more and more. And as each course is served, especially the pork chop, the pork loin with the little mini uh -huh. pair of scissors placed the in the center yep, of it, yep. uh -huh. um, that again gives us even more information. He tells more and more stories as we go. So I think therein lies the difference and, between these and, two characters in the writing. And don't forget Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I gotta tell you, I, I haven't gotten a screener link for this one and I haven't gotten a DVD for this one, but as soon as I do, I am going to watch it and rewatch it and oh, yeah. watch it. I, I are, hope we get I hope we get to this one because yeah, there's stuff in there I'm sure I missed. Oh, I'm I am sure there is too. And I mean just the the wine pairings. I mean, that just made me laugh out loud with how they described a little bit of an oaky flavor with a berry overtone, but there's also some notes of loneliness and longing. I mean, can you get any better than that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's it's. I I, I think you described this as well. I was the only one laughing in the theater. Yeah. I, I don't think that the crowd I saw it with, and it was a small crowd because it was the first showing of the week. I I don't think they realized they were supposed to laugh. I mean, it's horrific, <laughs> no question. But right. it, the dark humor here is so, so effective. And that drives home, you know, the point of the whole film. Uh, I think it's been doing relatively well at the box office. Uh, I hope, I, I have a feeling this is when people are going to discover uh, via home video. I, I certainly hope so. Well, I think this one's going to live long after it has its run as well. I think it's going to have resurgence after resurgence. This is going to be one of those movies that people are going to reference later on down the line. I hope know? so. I, I hope do so. too. I do too. A lot of fun. Very, like you said, not everyone's taste. It was definitely my taste because it was, okay. So I have to tell you, I was going to say, because it was so smart, but then I'm thinking, oh, that just makes me sound like, oh, don't I think I'm smart. So a lot of things have happened over the course of the last week, especially revolving around Thanksgiving and food. And I'm, I'm a food snob. I will, I'll be the first to admit that I like dining at, at um, great restaurants, <laughs> but I also like going to diners. I like everything in between, but no, you don't. Yes, I do. Yes, I no, do. You don't. It's, it's You've never time. been yes, to a I diner do. with me. Never. I've never, yes, have I? No. Okay. No. Take me to a diner. When we go to New York, let's go to a diner. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Or take yeah. me to, take me to, what diner would you take me to in Champagne? Um, I, I, I never thought it was a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Sam's Cafe. Okay. All right. Sam's, Sam's Cafe, Cafe with the French toast. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. My gluten. Well, but I will give you credit. I will give you credit. Los Angeles that one night, we did get tacos out of a truck. Did I? And yeah, you did. I don't remember after that. We, after we met Tarantino and did that whole debacle, we, oh, yeah. came out, we got tacos out of a truck. That surprised me that you did that. Oh, yeah. See, you just don't, you think you know me, but you don't. But circling back to my food snobbery. Food snobbery, I, yeah. <laughs> um, so many things came out of so many people's mouths that I'm like, oh, you didn't see the menu yet. Oh, you got to see the menu because it's right out of that. And so many things that we say in relationship to our tastes and preferences, they just nailed it, man. They were, they, it, it is good. Yeah. Cause it's about classism. That's yes. what the movie's about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. So take us to the next film. Uh, let's talk about Banshees of Inisherin, okay. a movie that I was firmly convinced you were going to love. 
and I'm still waiting for an explanation as to why you did not. Uh, this one, yeah, I've seen it three times now. Uh, wow. And this one's from Martin McDonough, uh, who has also given us three billboards uh, in Bruges with uh, Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Gleeson. And they re-team here as uh, two friends. Uh, Colin plays Patrick and uh, Gleeson is Colin. And they're friends. They live in this little fishing village called Inishurin. Uh, he, uh, uh, Patrick lives with his sister, played by Carrie Condon. Uh, there's a village fool, played by Barry Honig. And uh, everything's fine. Uh, as I say, Colm and Patrick are friends until one day Colm says, I don't want to be friends with you anymore, Patrick. And for no reason. It's not like they've had a fight. It's not like uh, there's been a major upheaval. He's just as decided. I don't want to be your friend anymore. And Patrick, of course, is stunned by this and confused and angry and sad and tries to figure out what has happened. Uh, still talks to him uh, until Calm says, look, I don't want you to talk to me anymore. And if you continue to talk to me every time you do, I'm going to cut one of my fingers off. And in one of the great laughs of the film, <laughs> Calm says, I hope this helps explain things to you. And he says, no, it doesn't. <laughs> um, Patrick doesn't believe him. Continues to talk to him, and before you know it, there's a finger on his front porch step, and things spiral out of control from there. Uh, I don't want to give—I I don't want to really get too much into the plot of this. I think I've given enough. I, if you're not interested after this, then this obviously is not your your type of movie. But this movie, again, uh, is is so smartly written, so brilliantly acted, and it's got that voice that McDonough brings to films. This this cynicism but also this humor. Uh, there are big, big laughs in this film, even though it becomes incredibly dark. Uh, and I think what this film really is about is loneliness and isolation. Uh, we're reminded again and again as we watch this that, look, they're on an island, and that's part of isolation. That's part of, of an insular community. Uh, these people know each other intimately, even though they don't. And, you know, they're kind of stuck together. And I think that's part of what leads Calm to make this declaration that, you know, I don't want anything more to do with you. I'm tired of you. I'm done with this. I've got to, he is seeking some sort of purpose in his life and feels as though this friendship is a waste of his time. Uh, you know, and, yeah, he's dull, you know, uh, you know, they're all dull. Patrick, you're dull. The sister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and Patrick is, is lonely too. He, you know, he needs animals around him all the time when he's by himself. He feels that loneliness. Um, the sister is lonely and she's seeking something else beyond the island. Uh, whether that's a good idea or not, I, I, I'm not quite sure. Village idiot's lonely. He he wants to. Uh, he's he's looking for a girlfriend. He's looking for someone, and and you know oh, yeah. is, is is finding and finding it difficult to find someone he connects can connect with. Uh, I'm not going to say that I understand this film completely. I mean, why uh, this self mutilation occurs is still something I've not been able to crack. I don't know if it's a sense of self loathing. Uh, but it's still something that I'm turning over and over in my mind. But the fact that I I really loved all these characters. I okay. really, the four main characters, I love them. I, I could sympathize with them. I wanted them all to be okay in, in whatever way they could to find the little pieces of happiness they were looking for. And, and for me to 
be so invested in their stories. I mean, is what keeps drawing me back to this movie, watching it again and again, and also keep continuing to think about it. Uh, it may be at the top of my my list for the year. I've still got a few things to see, but right now, it and Emily the Criminal are the front runners. Okay. Uh, but I know your love for the Irish culture. I know you've been there, and I'm stunned by your reaction. Yeah, you know, and I, and I think you're um, taking my reaction a little bit too harshly because I liked it, and I did think about it over and over again, and I am going to watch it again. Um, I took something totally different away from the film than you did. Um, and, and yes, the loneliness and the isolation are absolutely key elements. And they, they are on one of the pretend Aran Islands. Um, they kind of meld together a few of the islands that are off the coast of Doolin, which was one of my favorite places to visit in Ireland. Um, but these, there's a, the, I think it's the Irish Independence War that was going on in 1923. Um, they've had so many different wars for so many different reasons. And it's, and really the reasons, some of them are really inexplicable or seemingly stupid. And they our, refer to that in the movie as it's going they, on. They do. And so we see those parallel lines. And I appreciated that. Off in the distance on the mainland um, of Ireland, the island, <laughs> they see the bombings still going on. And it's senseless to the to the to the community that's observing this. Um, but then again, we see the two men who are fighting over something seemingly stupid and the atrocities of that friendship of that that um, devolvement of that that fight between the two of them the war between these two men is just as senseless as the war that's going on on the mainland so mm -hmm. i appreciate that aspect um i don't understand it but i don't understand war either i think it's senseless so on that level i appreciated it i appreciated the performances I just did not connect with them. And I got angry as time went on because there was no, no finality, no conclusion that made me feel satisfied. And maybe that's the point of it. Um, I was able I, to- I think it is. I was able to attend um, virtually the press conference with Colin Farrell and Brendan. And even he said, I think he learned a lesson and realized maybe he shouldn't have done that, but I'm not quite sure. So even the actors were left feeling, I'm not quite sure what happened to my character at the very end. But then that though keys into everything you're saying about war and things being inexplicable. Right, right. And, and, you know. and I appreciate it on that level. I truly do. And the performances were amazing. I just didn't connect with, the characters. Um, Jenny, I did connect with her there. I would like to have seen a little bit more of, of yeah. uh, Jen, Jenny is a mini pony, everyone. <laughs> Cam can connect to the pony, but not the no, I'm sorry. woman. What, 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 is, what is the sister's name? Sorry. Siobhan. Oh, okay. Um, I connected with her. Not, I was going to say you have to. Not the donkey. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I think yeah. I would have liked a little bit more interaction with her. It was a very slow moving film to me. Um, they, to me, okay, Chuck, I am, I am entitled to my opinion on this one. I didn't um, say you were wrong. <laughs> no, you're just shaking your head. You guys can't see him, but he's shaking his head. Like, I don't understand. I do understand. I understood every aspect of this movie. I just did not connect with the main characters. And when I can't connect, I don't appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
What's our third movie? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? <laughs> so one that you liked a little bit more than me, uh, The Wonder on Netflix with Florence Pugh. Right. And um, okay, so I'm kind of surprised you didn't like this one more because I know how much you like the Florence Pugh. She's great. She's yeah. great in the movie. No question. Um, this is based on a book. Um, and the book is by Emma Donahue. And it's about a young girl who has refused to eat, takes place in Ireland. It's another Irish movie. Mm -hmm. um, she says that she doesn't need to eat because she's getting um, mana from heaven. And she hasn't eaten in four months since her 11th birthday. Well, this is quite the talk of the town and thinking that this is like a holy intervention. And so the town is going to do an experiment and find out whether or not this little girl is actually not eating and thriving because now she's going to be like the, I don't know, the next coming of Jesus. Um, so they bring in a nun who is also a nurse and a nurse played by Florence Pugh is Lib Wright. Um, she's from England. So England, an, a British nurse coming into Ireland, not exactly welcomed by everyone. And she uses a, get this, and I, I love kind of the parallel lines between science and, and hocus pocus from then versus now. This takes place, what, back in the like late 1800s. Late 1800s, okay. And um, she uses a scientific approach to figure out whether or not this little girl truly is surviving on nothing but the gifts from God. Um, this is... Uh, it's it's an interesting story in that we have Lib's story, just little glimpses of her story and why she's a traveling nurse. Um, she has also been a nurse in uh, a crime, the Crimean War and, and attending to injured soldiers. Um, she has these little baby booties and a little bottle of syrup that I'm assuming is opium, which was the drug of choice back in the day before Coke hit everything. Um, and she's escaping from something. We just don't know what tragedy she's escaping from. Um, so she has kind of this dual personality. She's this very strong scientific woman who is trying to deduce whether or not this little girl, Anna, um, played by Kyla Lord Cassidy, um, is actually surviving on nothing. And it's, the story of, of their relationship and how this little girl, um, attempts to, I don't know if I want to say win over, but their relationship becomes much closer. And through that relationship, um, Lib finds a little bit about who she is and who she wants to be. And it's their journey together, along with a, um, a journalist played by, do you remember the character, Chuck? I do not, but I will look it up. Well, I got, Tom, it. I got it. The actor is Tom Burke. I do know yeah. that. And he plays a journalist from England who is also covering this hot story as to whether or not we've we've got a saint in the making. Um, this is just a story about human beings and what they want to believe and why they want to believe it so strongly. Religion is a huge part of this film um, and how extremism and education plays a part in all of that. Um, I loved the, the, the narrative arc. I think this had a really strong narrative arc, which I really like to see. Um, I was surprised by the ending. 
Um, I thought Florence Pugh was amazing. I think she, like you, is amazing in everything. I really like her in these more dramatic and, and meaty roles. Um, one of her first roles was uh, Lady Macbeth. And I loved that uh, movie and her interpretation of that character. And I did in this as well. Um, she brings heart and sincerity and depth to any character that she plays. And I really connected with this character of Lib and her need for resolution within mm -hmm. this situation as well as her own life. Um, I loved it. It was beautifully filmed. Um, I really connected with all of the characters in this and was invested in the story. Yeah, you know, I I, I didn't dislike it. I just didn't love it. Okay. Uh, I, I thought it was a bit slow. Uh, I think it could have moved along a little bit better. I did like the whole science religion thing, and I wish mm -hmm. they had, had explored that a little bit more. Um, and also, I wanted to know a little bit more about the council, the the, the, the council of elders that have brought her in. Um, you know, we get glimpses of them. You know, Toby Jones is the man of science, the doctor, you know, and he's putting forth all these weird theories as to why this girl is able to do that. And I liked that. Mm -hmm. uh, Syrian Han Hines was the priest. I wanted him to weigh more in more on, on what this was all about. And why did the council, why were they so concerned about this? I mean, I, were they worried about the fact that, I mean, that would make the community look like a mockery? Were they worried that it would bring outsiders to the community that they didn't want there? I mean, I, I needed more information as to why did they do this? I, I'm thinking that they wanted to make sure that they proved that this little girl was being fed by the Holy Spirit. So they then they could use that as a tourist attraction? Um, yeah, that they could go down in the books yeah. as, you know, and, and I think they made reference to, you know, a, a miracle like this hasn't happened here for right. over 200 years or something crazy like that. It's like, you know, G, the, the um, Virgin Mary statue weeping right, right, right. now or yeah, Jesus right. weeping. Right. Um, well, so but I, I need I needed more as to why they were doing this. Why did they bring them in? Uh, you know, Emma, you mentioned Emma Donahue. She also wrote Room. And, and this movie is about confinement as well. Uh, these women are all trapped. Uh, the girl, we get to know her older sister. We get to know her mother. And, you know, I almost think as though the mother is doing this so that the girl can escape somehow and, and avoid the life that she really? has been trapped in. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't think that at all. You know, I mean, because she, we know the answers to what's going on. And then that's why I thought, hmm, hmm, is mom trying to give her an avenue to get out in what, because she can't? Uh, and then, of course, you, you mentioned the whole religious aspect of it. And once we find out the solution or what the girl's thinking is of this, I mean, that is just so perverse and tragic, you know, that that really got to me. Um, this is one I have a feeling that when I watch it again, and I probably will, I'll probably appreciate it more. Okay. Uh, now that I know the pace that it's moving at. Uh, again, I think there's there's a couple big flaws there uh, narratively as far as why people are doing what they're doing. But the, definitely the atmosphere. I love the atmosphere of the film. Okay. I mean, you really got a sense of the poverty that these people were living in. Oh, and, absolutely. And just how shitty life was back there. Right. You know, that. I always hate Westerns and everything where, oh, everything's great. and everything. No, it was a shitty life. Right. Okay. Well, they, they refer and to the potato famine. I was going to say, they're, yeah. they're just coming out of that. Yeah. 
and, and that's looming large over everyone as well. Uh, and they really drove, and, and the atmosphere really drove home the fact that these people are, are in a bad way. And I appreciated that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, one one that, I mean, definitely worth watching. Like I said, I probably like, like it more than the second time through. I just wish it had been moving a little bit quicker for me. Okay, all right, all right. I will I will go with that. Um, I will, I, I, two Irish movies, definitely yes. worth seeing. And I'd really be curious to see if, more men appreciate the banshees of Inisherin versus women. And I wonder if there's just that, that connection piece of men versus women and these two men who have basically a breakup between the two of them. Right. But they can't break up. Right. They're bound together for life, as they say. Um, I, I, I have to tell you, there's, there was some really funny, <clears throat> excuse me, funny answer that Colin Farrell had, um, with, he had a question about his eyebrows. Yes. His <laughs> eyebrows are so distracting. <laughs> and he goes, my eyebrows operate exclusively of my intention. The more I am perturbed, the more active they are. <laughs> okay. I thought I was the only one who noticed, but it's like, wow. I can't take, take my, there are times when you can't take your eyes off of his eyebrows. Yep. Apparently okay, good. I'm glad someone else own. noticed that. I thought you would get a kick out of that. Um, and, and actually, the, the, the whole um, press conference is quite interesting. Um, it, it was supposed to be filmed in the month of February. I can't even imagine what the weather would have been like on any of the Aran Islands. Right. It, was, it was filmed on... Uh, one that was a little bit further north. Um, I can't even imagine what the weather would be like in February there. I have no desire to travel to Ireland in February. So because of COVID, it got delayed about a year and they filmed at a different time of year. And then they were able to have those gorgeous, glorious days that Ireland can have. Um, so that was kind of fun to to learn as well. They filmed in two different locations in Ashmore and Akeel Islands, which is more mountainous. So I guess um, Brendan Fraser's uh, home was actually a real home set on the Akeel Islands. So that was kind of cool as well. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely gives you a sense. Both of these Irish movies give you gives you a sense of, of the backdrop and the environment, which is absolutely as much of a character in both of these movies as the actual characters, I think. I agree. I agree. Now, what do we have for next week? You are always on top of that, Chuck. We have got Violent Night. David Harbour as a very vengeful, violent Santa Claus. And we had an interview with him. We did. We did. Fun guy. Fun interview. Was. Uh, and uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover on Netflix next week. And I'm not sure about the Fablemans. I mean, it has not opened uh, in our area. I'm not sure if it's going to sneak into town next week. Obviously, we're going to have to talk about that one at some point. So maybe that'll be here. Maybe it won't. But definitely Violent Night and Lady Chatterley's Lover on Netflix. We'll talk about those two. Oh, show. Sounds good. Everybody take it easy. Thanks for listening. And we'll save you a seat.